Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Latibita Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. It's a great week. It's a great week. And you know what, man? I, I think one of the cool things about this week is reconnecting with your network of peers. Uh, for people that don't realize it, you have a network of peers that will always have your best interests at heart. For us, one of our lovely past guests, if you haven't heard the episode, please check it out with Miss Maximilian Defoe. She is just great. She's always trying to help me and Paul take education to the next level. And, you know, we always have plans or projects and we run it by her. And she's always there to give her honest input and help us, you know, take it to the next level. So one of the great things that Maximilian did this week is... I was talking to her on some how can we get a testimonial for you because me and Paul we're trying to we're trying to launch a website we're trying to get a central hub to where all the educators can come check out the show read some good testimonials blog a little bit you know just some things to keep the internet present all the way up but in the midst of us talking about testimonials she offered a you know I kind of offered her like hey I know you do audio dramas like it'd be kind of dope to to be in an audio drama project. And honestly, guys, she took the ball and she ran with it. She she uh, that same day got me an audition with another uh, audio drama podcast experience looking for someone to play a particular character role and literally was just giving me all these tips and these websites to get into voice acting to to help spread the awareness of um, education, because, you know, with those audio dramas, it always give the chance for one actor to kind of shine where you can hear them at and where you know where they're centrally located and so it was a good way to give promotion for educate also and she was suggesting like things i could do and she just kind of went all in like you know normal people they say like oh you know that's nice that's cool but she was giving me resources links everything uh had the pleasure of just recording an audition for another audio drama just yesterday with her but all that to say is Use your connections with people. Like, when you have someone that's really there messing with you and rocking with you, like, do not ignore them. Reach out to them. I know me and Paul, we, we're going to definitely be in, uh, <laughs> be in Maximilian's uh, Skype inboxes, DMs a lot more because she's really just, you know, changing the game for us. But that's something I want to definitely highlight this week is, yo, use your connections. If you know someone is helpful and they have, they're, like, have reason to help you out and they want to see succeed, like, you should – be absorbing that energy and using them because, I mean, it takes more than one, right? I agree with that, man. And, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of reading, too. And one of the things that I came across is some advice that said, you know, you, you got to go out there and make new friends, you know, opposed to what Drake said in his song, No New Friends. But <laughs> um, it, the key is just really getting that experience from others. Like if if it's been people that's been there before or people that aren't in your walk of life, but have something of value to contribute to you, 
you got to be able to put yourself out there and get that information so that you can build your brand and make it a lot better. So to find, you know, someone like Max uh, to be in our inner circle is really cool. Uh, she hooked us up with the the block the block talk radio partnership, mm-hmm. which is cool. And now it seems like uh, she's helping Amelia open some doors. And uh, you know, before we know it, we're gonna see this man on on the next uh, Finding Nemo. You know, with a, <laughs> with with the character fly. You know, doing some voice acting. But that's pretty dope, man. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what uh, that has. You know, what the future has in store for you. Exactly, man. As long as I'm not playing the blackfish, then I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be good to go. And you know what? I I will say I think with Drake's uh Drake's uh money and stuff, he can afford to not have new friends. I <laughs> think the success yeah. is working with him well. But no, I mean, yeah, definitely great to have Maximilian on our side. And you know, we're gonna go from one M to another M. Our guest this week, she is a big star on YouTube, y'all over a million views on her videos alone she also represents ak Psy. she is near and dear to paul's heart because this is actually his mentee in avocado side and you know i had to warm it up so i'm gonna let paul do the rest with this intro <laughs> man you always trying to trying to throw up the alley-oop like that man i see you bro Nah, but uh, yeah, this week's guest, her name is Melody Williams. Uh, she is the founder and creator of Melody on the Move, which is a video video blog and a website where you can kind of get tips and tricks on how to travel, uh, you know, travel abroad. And her experience stems from her trip these last couple of years. She went to Korea to do some teaching and... When you guys listen to the episode, you'll know that she doesn't have any previous experience when it comes to teaching. So she kind of went out there on a limb, uh, you know, kind of trusted her faith and took this trip. And she's built a, a very popular brand on YouTube just from putting herself all the way out there and kind of experiencing um, just a lifetime experience, like once in a lifetime experience. So it's really cool to, to see that, you know, someone that you mentored um, kind of take that leap for themselves and expand their brand. Cause you knew that, you know, I, I always had faith in her. I always knew, you know, she can put her mind to anything and become anything. So it's very exciting to kind of talk to her about, you know, her trip in Korea and what it's really done for her and what's next to come. Exactly, and you know you gotta forgive Paul. He had to go through that whole thing with tissues in his hand. Hey, come to on, man. But man. No. <laughs> I ain't no crier, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I swear, after the interview was done, he was bawling for like five minutes, just in a corner somewhere. But listen, that's All that's right. not that's not need to hear it there. But no, <laughs> Melody is definitely an amazing person. I'm glad that she graced the podcast with her presence. Like Paul said, she's doing amazing things with her YouTube channel. She really does give us a great perspective of Korea and America, especially being black in Korea, and it's. You know, she presents a lot of things that we don't think about. And I think one revelation that she kind of said is like when you're in a different country with all these different people and being a black foreigner, one of the things you kind of miss is just eavesdropping on random conversations. Like every conversation she heard around her was in a language she had no idea what they were talking about. So you kind of miss that mundane thing to be able to walk outside, hear people talk about, oh, did you see the game last night? You saw the show last night? All she really had was her dots to herself because it's like, well, I'm in this, I'm in this non-subtitle movie where I, I guess I got to find a plot of my own pace, basically. So she, uh, yeah. 
You know what? You know what you, you made me think of. You what? know when uh, that Colin Kaepernick commercial with the beats when he gets off the bus, and, like everybody's <laughs> kind of yelling at him. He just throws his beats on. That's kind of like how she probably feels. Mm-hmm. Just like man, just I don't know what people are saying, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna just vibe do me because that's all I can do. Pretty much. So yeah, <laughs> she she made a she made a living of of it because she was in Korea for like two years. So she definitely had to get used to the you know, people don't understand me and I don't understand them. But man, she's such a great person to have on, and we're excited for you to hear everything she's doing. You know, YouTube blogging, and she'll tell you more on the podcast. But without further ado, let's get on the move with Miss Melody. Alrighty, folks, and today's guest, we have the YouTube star, the creator of Melody on the Move, Miss Melody Williams. How you doing today? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. And we just wanted to jump right into the interview and uh, kind of tell the people a little bit about Melody on the Move and what inspired your brand. Um, so I basically started making YouTube videos when I was living in South Korea. I lived there for two years and honestly, what got me making my first like sit down video was just being really frustrated <laughs> with being um, just so different in this country where everyone is so the same. And so in Korea, like everyone, of course, is Korean and the standard of beauty is very um, just everything's the same and I stand out everywhere I go and I was just really frustrated and just kind of going through it feeling kind of like everywhere I went people were staring at me so I was like you know I'm gonna sit down and just talk about this in front of the camera and put it on YouTube and that's kind of what I did and then bam that kind of spiraled and a lot of people gave me good feedback and a lot of people watched it and I'm like wow maybe I'm on to something so I just kept making videos from there and that's really how we got here. That's the origin story right there. Like, that's crazy. And I think the cool thing about it is, like, you know, a lot of people are really camera shy. And the amazing thing that you do in all your videos is you basically portray yourself with honesty. And, you you know, you have your quirks, you have your interviews (laughs) and all that stuff. So I kind of want to ask, like, how did you get the courage to kind of put yourself out there and and make these videos? Because I'm sure a lot of people, they want to be interactive and make videos for the community. But they're always scared, like, you know, what if people don't like me? How would you kind of put that to the back burner and say, I'm doing this? Yeah, so I think for me, because before I made YouTube videos, I was blogging. So, like, it's one thing to kind of put your thoughts out there, your words out there. So I feel like I had a little bit of experience with that. Because when I first started blogging, it was, like, a huge thing. Like, oh, my God, people are going to judge me. They're going to know what I'm really thinking. You know, really nerve-wracking to do that. So I think by the time I actually sat and made a video, I was kind of more accustomed to, like, that whole nervous about putting myself out there it was still there because it was another level like now you can see my face and like now you can see my my gestures or whatever but um blogging definitely helped me kind of like ease into it or not be so afraid of putting myself out there and then once I started um just kind of just being yourself I know that's so cliche but I just try to have fun and like not take myself too serious because when I do take myself too serious it's not even fun for me to film so I just try to have fun and yeah from there just edit I guess <laughs> and then yeah and that's really dope I mean I, I really love you know the branding of your, your, your website your YouTube channel um so I just wanted you to describe to the listeners a little bit about how you've been so successful starting your YouTube channel and kind of give us, you know, the ups and downs and what you really experienced kind of creating your brand. 
Yeah. Okay. So when I first started making videos, like seriously, like once a week or well, at the beginning, it's probably every two weeks. I um I didn't have like a name or anything. I, it wasn't Melody on the Move. It was Melody Williams. I was thinking of kind of carrying over my previous blog name, which was Maravali. Um, so it took me a little while to decide like what I wanted my YouTube name to be, what I wanted my brand to be. And um, once I kind of stumbled into Melody on the Move, I kind of just ran with it. And I felt like it really fit me and it fit. Um, I want someone to like look at my name and know what I'm about or what they can expect from me, my website, my channel, anything. So I felt like it fit and it felt fun. It felt like me. And um, yeah, sorry. What was the other part of the question? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like, um, so the actual process of, you know, YouTube videos, like what did you have to learn? Um, Okay. Did you stumble along the way or anything like that? Yeah, so in the beginning, I was filming on this uh, old DSLR camera, and it didn't have autofocus. It didn't have a flip-around screen, so I didn't know if my if I was in focus or not. So it was a struggle um, trying to film something, and I struggled with that, just the filming aspect of it. Sometimes I would film on my phone, and then when it came to editing, I had no experience at all editing and I kind of would just google stuff how to use iMovie and then once I got better iMovie I wanted to move on to Final Cut Pro so as I kind of figured things out I would try to just apply what I learned to my videos or my brand and also watching other content creators their videos that I really like like Casey Neistat or other vloggers and kind of seeing like oh I know how they did that transition I know how to do that or I know how they film that I can do that too So kind of just picking up little things from other people. But it definitely is a trial and error because I feel like there are some videos, editing-wise, it's terrible. Like, I I typed things wrong on the screen or I I forgot to type something in itself and it just says, put text here, you know? So you definitely learn as you go. um, And things get better. I think the more you take it serious, of course, like, your skills are going to develop more and more because you're putting more effort into it. Oh. Now I have for this for this next question I have to be sure I get it right because I was I was told by the guest today. Oh my gosh! To put some respect oh my on so Stop it, let me let me revise this. So you actually had over one million three hundred and ninety thousand ninety two <laughs> views on your Melody on the Move channel. So obviously when, you know, Paul alluded to you being a YouTube star and everything, you, you had the credentials for it. So I have to ask, of course, what tips would you give aspiring um, video bloggers, YouTube creators advice on gaining an audience in that platform? So I think the biggest advice is kind of put time into getting better at things. I think over time, my editing skills, my filming skills, things like that has gotten better. And then also even when you're not sure if you want to start, I feel like the hardest part is just starting. So if you think you want to do it, but you're afraid and da, 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 like just start, just try. And then from there, things will unfold, you know? So don't be afraid to just start and start somewhere. And then wherever you are, be as professional or as like on top of it as you can. So for example, like in YouTube, a lot of times, um, like the more professional, uh, I don't know, quote unquote, you guys can't see my fingers, but like quote unquote professional or like people who um, 
I don't know, whatever. People who, whatever. I don't know how I'm trying to say. So a lot of times people can like your description box, you know, like make sure you put um, things people frequently ask or like just make your little things like that, like put the music you use. Um, so just do little things that make it look more professional. And I think people um, kind of can look at your videos and be like, oh, like even if you don't have a lots of views or even if you don't have lots of subscribers, they can tell that you put a lot of time and effort and like you're taking yourself serious. And I feel like that helps other people take you serious as well. Mm. Oh. <laughs> That's not right there. You broke it down. <laughs> Most definitely. And um, no, I like what you said about, you know, taking the time to to get better as you go along because yeah a lot of people um when they're starting something they have some reservations about well you know what if people don't like it or you know what if i'm not good at this or what if i miss uh, a certain week of producing content so it, it's beautiful to see that you know you took that process head on and uh, just continue to work on your craft. I think that's kind of like the most important thing our generation needs is just to continue to work on their craft because some things are not going to blow up overnight. And, you know, I know some people get, get lucky uh, with certain successes, but I think for you, you know, your, your game is long-term. So definitely props to you on that. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to talk about Korea. Like uh, that's, that's a huge, you know, culture <laughs> shock. And I just wanted to know, you know, how were how was your time there? How long did you spend? What were some of the highlights of your trip? Can you kind of go over what Korea was like for you? Yeah, for sure. So I was in Korea. I actually lived in a small town of like 100,000 people. It was called Yongju. Lived there for two years. And I left basically six months after I graduated. And I spent, yeah, the next two years there living, teaching, working, traveling. And it was incredible. Um it was a lot of learning just like, you know, being in another country. Um, I don't speak Korean. Um, I didn't speak Korean. I mean, I, I could speak a little bit, but I never really took the time to super duper like study the language. So that was one thing, like being somewhere where I can't communicate with 90% of the people. And then being a teacher on top of that, my major in college was um, science, health sciences. So I had no teaching experience. So kind of learning how to be a teacher, learning how to manage a classroom, learning how to interact with other teachers and like lesson plan effectively and things like that. Um, so just like a huge learning curve. And then also on top of it, like I said, I, I graduated and went right there. So learning kind of like adulting, you know, like I feel like college is like a little bubble. And so I'm learning like the reins of adulting, but I'm like adulting in another country. So it was it was definitely like a huge learning curve, but something that was so incredible because it allowed me to travel a lot. Um, just my in my two years there, I traveled to seven countries, which is like incredible because before I left for Korea, I had only been to Canada. So it was just amazing to be able to see so many different parts of the world because it was just so easily accessible to me living there. Yeah, so it was just overall, 10 out of 10, highly recommend. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's great to see you got your countries up. <laughs> that was a, a big perk. And I mean, I, I kind of want to go back to the, the teaching pivot. Like, like you said, yeah. you um, you were there teaching. Could you kind of tell us about that experience and what lasting impact do you believe has had on you? The teaching. Um, so teaching the Korean kids, it is 
something that it was really surreal to me, honestly. My first maybe three months there, I would still have moments where I'd be in front of the class teaching them. And I would kind of like zoom out and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm a teacher in Korea. Whoa. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Um, but definitely patience. I learned patience, patience, patience. Because teaching these kids, a lot of them, I mean, no, 100% of them, English is not their first language. A lot of them, they're not even really too interested in learning English, but they have to. So um, just patience and helping them. Um, also how to laugh at myself, how to have fun. Because sometimes if I would try to be too strict or too, um, let's get this lesson done and not kind of flow or like be a little silly, the class can be really, it can feel really long for both of us. So learning how to like be silly and laugh, even if no one's laughing with me, like that's one thing because you can get up there and those kids, they can burn you. Like you say something funny or you do something funny and you're like, ah, and they're kind of just like staring at you like a teacher is so lame, but you just kind of like <laughs> roll with it, you know, and you're like, well, at least I'm having fun. Like I'm making class go by faster. So just little things like that. Um, it was, yeah, I never really saw myself being a teacher until I started doing it. And I'm like, you know, I'm a pretty good teacher. I had no idea. And that's, yeah, and that's great that you, um, you were able to kind of find yourself uh, doing something that you, you didn't know that you liked doing and turn it into some kind of, of, a, of a passion, at least, for, for the time you were there. And um, I kind of wanted to know, you know, you mentioned it earlier, but can you describe, you know, what it was like? you know, being black in Korea, I know you, you know, everybody kind of has their similar uh, ideas of what beauty looks like, like you said, but, you know, maybe kind of go in depth, maybe if you have any uh, personal stories uh, that you could share with us, that'd be great. Yeah. So being black in Korea is an experience in itself. So not only are you a foreigner, which is someone different, but you're a foreigner that is foreign to them. Like, they're pretty accustomed to seeing um, Caucasian foreigners, but, and that's kind of like the ideal foreigner. When they think of foreigner, they think Caucasian. So being Black in Korea, they do not understand your hair, point blank, period. They had no <laughs> gauge of like my curls. I remember, <sighs> it still makes me a little bit upset. I remember the first time I wore my hair down to school. So before I left for Korea, I cut all my hair off. And I had like pretty long natural hair. So then once it started growing back, it had maybe been about nine months since I'd been there. And I never wore my hair down because it was just so short, you know? So mm -hmm. I finally grew it out long enough to wear it down. And I was feeling so cute because I was like, oh my God, I finally can wear my hair down. Like, this is how I prefer to wear it anyway. Like, I was loving it. And I get to school and the first person I see is my principal. And he looks so confused. And he's like, oh perm and I'm like <laughs> no <laughs> natural and so just from there I was like oh my god I don't think today is gonna go very good and then bam I start walking through the hallways with my girls I, I teach at an all-girls school and so the girls are giggling and gasping and laughing and I can tell it's all directed towards my hair and I can't break it down to them that like in America this is common or you know, to a certain sector of people in America, this is common. It's not something that is super crazy. Like, this is not a perm. This is my natural hair. But I can't, like, get on the intercom or I can't go up to every student and kind of tell them, hey, my hairstyle's not crazy. This is what it is. This is actually really cute, okay? 
So it was just really, uh, it was, it was frustrating, honestly. By the end of the day, I was like, I'm never wearing my hair down again. And I never did for the rest of my time in Korea. I never did because that first day I was just like, never again. They just have no grasp, no understanding, no appreciation. And I did try to teach lessons where I could kind of, I did a lesson on beauty. And in that lesson, I showed um, the different styles of hair that people have in America, like, you know, afros and wavy hair. And even to them, I, because in Korea, everyone's hair is straight and black. Anyone who doesn't have straight hair, they think it's a perm. So kind of just trying to, in little ways, open their minds and let them know that, you know, there are other types of people out there. Not everyone has straight hair, you know, like other types of natural hair. Um, but yeah, you're kind of like their first encounter with blackness a lot of times. So that comes with just, you know, the questions and misunderstandings, trying to be patient. But at a certain point, you kind of can get fed up with it because you're still a person with like feelings and emotions, you know? And, like, you're just constantly misunderstood or constantly not understood at all or, like, yeah, so it can be a little bit difficult at times, too. And that is, like, the things you don't really think about. So we we, we hope that our audience kind of gain from that, like, perspectives. Like, everyone loves those long, long uh, abroad trips, but there's always more to it. And definitely, if you could for a little bit, you could highlight the video you have where you kind of break down that topic a little bit more thoroughly. What? Sorry. <laughs> I was trying, I was to, trying to give you the alley. I was trying to give you the alley to promote the video. Oh, got you, got like... you, got you, got you. Oh man, I missed it. Okay, rewind, rewind. Yeah, so I have this video um on my YouTube channel. It's actually I have two, one about being black in America, and then I have one with my Chinese American friend. And we both are talking about what it's like, kind of giving the two perspectives of um, a lot of times my Chinese American friend, people don't think she's a foreigner. And then for me, I am so very obviously a foreigner. And we kind of compare and contrast our experiences in Korea um, of how, you know, being the type of foreign that we are, how it affects our time in Korea. So if you're interested, definitely check it out. It's on my YouTube channel. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Now, <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't connect on the alley oops. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you know, I think he's trying to. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Melody on the moves the channel. You definitely got to check it out. So, this one's a. Uh, this one's just, I think, for a lot of people when they when they uh, want to go abroad, one thing's holding them back is, of course, you know, they have to leave their home where all their friends are. Could you tell us how you were able to maintain and manage your relationships while being abroad? And then could you also give us insight on how doing this has made you a stronger person? Definitely. So, excuse me. Um, It's definitely difficult. It's something that I honestly didn't think too hard about. I had this kind of like idealistic, like, oh, it's going to be totally fine. Everything's going to flow and just be perfect. But once you get there, you kind of realize like, okay, this is really hard. At certain points throughout the year, I'm 14 hours ahead of half of the people that I would love to talk to, you know? So the time difference in itself is really difficult. Putting forth that effort is is can be difficult because you are living your life and you have, you know, your stresses and everything like that. And they as well, they're living their life. Um, so it definitely kind of forces you to be a little bit more independent. And then also forces you to kind of, it shows you who's really important to you and who you really want to make time for and how to do that as well, how to um, kind of meet people where they are in a sense of like, okay, whatever time you're free, I just want to talk to you. So I'll make sure that I'm free for you at this time and vice versa. Um, but it is definitely, it can be difficult and it can be kind of lonely at times because 
the people that you want to talk to, they're like sleep or, you know, in that moment where you're like, man, I really want to talk to them. It's just not an option because of the time difference and stuff. Um, so you definitely learn, or at least I learned how to kind of rely on myself a little bit more and also how to reach out to the people that were around me in Korea, because I can be a little bit of a, uh, introvert. Well, I am an introvert. So sometimes it's hard for me to like reach out to people, but being far away from the people that I normally felt comfortable reaching out to and not being able to reach out to them, it kind of forced me out of my shell to reach out and kind of communicate with those around me and lean on them as well, which I think in the end is a good thing, kind of getting me out of my shell. I agree. You definitely can't forget about, you know, the people that got you to where you got to. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely shout outs to that. And um I also wanted to kind of touch on, you know, some of the differences between Korea and America. Uh, This is a two-part question, but uh, when you were in Korea, you know, what did you miss about America? And now that you're back in America, what's some things that you miss about Korea? So when I was in Korea, I missed the most random things about America. I missed hot Cheetos. I missed... (laughs) A favorite. Yeah, I miss being able to overhear people's conversations. I didn't even know that that was something that I would even think about or something that would even register on my radar. I was like, dang, I can't do that anymore. But after a while and just, you're kind of, I was in my own little bubble because I couldn't understand what people were saying. And I was like, dang, I wish being able to just, you know, wish I could just understand what they were saying or stuff like that. Um, Being able to talk to anyone that I wanted to. That was a big thing, like needing help or needing guidance on something or having a question, but not being able to adequately ask that question or Google translates messing up. So the person doesn't understand what I'm typing. So just being able to communicate with people effortlessly is something that I definitely miss on top of my family and friends, of course. Um, and then stuff that I miss now that I'm back home. Strangely, I thought I was going to miss the food a lot, but I haven't. I ha- Not yet, at least. I haven't had like a hankering for my favorite Korean foods. Um, but stuff that I miss, it's almost like I miss nothing in particular. I just miss like that time, you know, like I miss that time in my life where like Because I know even if I were to go back to Korea, that time would be gone. You know, like my friends were not there together. I'm not teaching at that same school. Like that moment has passed. But I I miss the feelings of that moment. Like I miss that time. So nothing too specific about Korea. But I will say I do miss traveling, like being able to hop on a bus super easily and go to the next city or like go to Seoul, go to Daegu. Um, Their transportation is just incredible. And I miss that for sure. I miss their transportation. So basically what you're saying is there's not a lot of bus routes in Lake Murder. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to ask you about, you know, more on more on Millie on the move. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you see a lot of success since his initial inception. Could you kind of tell us, like, what are your plans for the future for your brand? Yeah. So as I kind of continue to evolve in my my journey, my travels and everything kind of evolve as well, I definitely would like to just allow my channel to evolve with me. That's what I see. I don't have anything super like 
concrete, you know, I feel like I want my brand to mostly be me. So whatever I'm doing at that time, I want my brand to reflect that. But for right now, for the foreseeable future, at least, I definitely see it continuing on that traveling, you know, the on the move vibe, of, you know, um, traveling and being on the move and seeing, you know, what there is to see until I feel like I enter a different phase of life. So for right now, I definitely want to continue um, and kind of just build it up, share my journeys, share my story through my brand and kind of. Sorry, I'm going to add this. No, kind of like, yeah, kind of show people that, like, for me at least, like, when I wanted to move to Korea, I didn't think I could really do it until I knew someone that looked like me that was doing it. And I had a friend there, like, my friend from college and um, another woman of color. She did it. And I was like, wow, okay, I could do it, you know? So not necessarily just for, like, people of color, but kind of just showing people that, you know, if I could do it, now this gives you, like, the clearance to do it as well, if you needed that clearance, you know, or if you needed that confirmation that you could do it too. So kind of just continuing that. Well, I think you're doing a great job. And I, I really do feel like, you know, even just turn on your videos and seeing you on the screen, that relatability of being a person of color, you automatically get that comfort. Like, oh, OK, I get what she's talking about. So I do <laughs> love that mission that you want other people to see and kind of go off your videos and say, hey, let me go and get out my comfort zone and try and get all this growth in. But <laughs> Melanie, I mean, you've been a revelation. You've come on here. You've told your story. You, you've let us know hands down about the Korean experience and, and also me even a little bit more about yourself. So sadly, it comes to the time before an interview where I hit you with the famous Educate Hustle two-piece, which is the last two questions. The first okay. one is always easy. How can the people connect and reach you? Yeah, so if you would like to connect, you can hit me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is Melody on the Move. And then for YouTube, it is the same, but Mel, M-E-L, on the Move. And also my blog or my website, www.melodyonthemove.com. And I actually just created a everything you need to know about moving to Korea e-guide. So if moving to Korea, teaching in Korea, living in Korea is something that you're interested in. Definitely check it out. It is for sale on my website. She got options, people. She got <laughs> options. All like fantastic ones. It's not just email and Twitter. It's, she got a website. She's got YouTube. She got the e-book that you definitely have to check out. I mean, you got options. So that should make this a little easier. The last question, no pressure, yes. just the last question, just, you know, the final thing that our audience is going to hear from you on today's episode. But what are the words you can impart onto them? Um, I think the biggest thing that I can impart to anybody and something that I feel like I'm learning myself is that you have specific desires in your heart and they're placed there for a reason. And it's, connected to like your purpose and it's connected to why you're here it's connected to um god's plan for your life so i feel like if you feel something in your heart i encourage you to go after it and to not be um to do so unapologetically to do so yeah unapologetically <laughs> yeah boom boom Oh. I think that's one of the best ways to end, up, end it off with that one. Melody, we just thank you once again for coming on to our show and blessing us. I really do feel like you brought the energy and you brought all the excitement and vibe. And I think me and Paul already got our tickets like pre-booked to Korea just to see what you were, <laughs> what you were talking about up there. But man, it's been great having Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun.
And there you have it, folks. That was Melody showing us how she makes moves. Emilio, what you think, man? I mean, it was phenomenal. Once again, AK side connects come through and they shut it down. Like she gave us a thorough breakdown of her time in Korea, where she learned how she managed relationships, how she managed being a foreigner, sorry, a, a, a black foreigner in a mostly, well, it's not say mostly, pretty much a non-black country. So I think she really came out here and she delivered the goods. Yeah, man, it was crazy because when she was talking about that point where she missed listening in on conversations, I had to really kind of step back and be like, yo, that is really something that we kind of take advantage of, just knowing what people are saying when they're kind of walking by on their phone or, you know, you walk in a crowded place and you kind of, you know, you're not you're not eavesdropping on purpose, but you're 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 kind of just being in the moment and to to not understand what people are saying. That's that's huge. But um, yeah, go check out her channel, man. She has some really great videos uh, to really put you in her perspective, man. Um, she's a great storyteller, so yeah, check it out. Exactly, exactly. The YouTube channel is Melody on the Move, and let me pull out the the official paperwork decree again, so I don't get a blast of <laughs> respect on the game. But she currently sits at over. 1,300,000 views. I'm not going to do the full little numbers out there. Y'all got to go see it for yourself. But she has great content and a great, great vlogs. And vlogs and everything that's connected with her is great because if you can tell from her interview, she puts passion into what she does. And, you know, I think it's cool being in a country where people don't understand what you're saying or you can't overhear people because they, over, they can't understand what you're saying. So she could be, like, saying whatever and people are just looking at her like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> the flip side of it. <laughs> Of course, we should probably segue into what people always understand, and that's how they, yes, they, not you, can reach us. Educators can reach a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's all one word. Educate Hustle. There you post snaps, behind the scene videos, and of course, inspirational things to get you powered throughout the week. We are also on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. There we post photos, inspirational quotes, things to get you powerful throughout the week, and of course, updates on the episodes that dropped that week, and then Paul, you know, he comes through a couple of times and gives out some great inspirational little tidbits and quotes that I know that people are all loving. You can also like our page on Facebook. It's really easy. Go to Facebook and search Educate Hustle. That's two words. You know you've reached the right place because you'll see that logo that you guys all know and love. Now, I have to Stop that plugging to get into some more plugging. If you have not already, please, please, please rate and review the show on iTunes. It's a very easy process. All you have to do is go into iTunes if you're on your phone. or uh, Sorry, the iPhone. It's a purple app. This is podcast. Search Educator Hustle. Once you see our show, click on it. In the middle, it's going to say write a review. Write a review. Give us a star. Put some comments. It could be something great and short as it's lit or something long and insightful and fake deep as it's still lit. We'll take all reviews. Doesn't matter. The reason why is because when our show gets reviewed, we move up the iTunes charts, which gives us more awareness, which gives us better guests, and then in turn gives you guys better show. So if you like Educate Hustle, please, please, please do not hesitate. Do not wait. Leave us a review. Now, anyways, got to go back to my initially scheduled pl plugging. 
We are also on Twitter at Educator underscore Hustle. Once again, that is Educator underscore Hustle. That's probably one of the quickest ways to reach us because it goes right to our phone. We do daily interactions. We remind you about what episodes to watch. We try to use trending topics to let people know what to look out for and kind of feed them to it. But that's pretty much a good little mecca place to come reach us because, like I said, it goes right to our phone. We're on it all day. Let's the people know where we're at. Now, of course... Last but never least, if you feel like we had an emotional connection, if you feel like you really loved the episode, or you just want to figure out how you could be on the show, collab opportunities, or anything of that all nature, you can email us at educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And as always, bro, lead us out. People, 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 people. Do not be afraid to follow your dreams. I have the official distinction of finally committing to go and get my master's degree. Um, it's a big accomplishment, and you know it's not one I, I don't take lightly, but there's always going to be reasons not to do something. There's always going to be reasons to do something. Whenever it comes to making your dreams come true, focus on the reasons why, because the reasons why not are always going to add up, but the reasons why are going to be the reasons why you'll feel great about it upon doing it. So... Take the plunge. You know, you don't have to go get your master, but definitely go and take the plunge to make your life better than what it is today. And it can be starting something simple as reading a book about how to add videos in and with Adobe or, you know, make your make your mixtape or SoundCloud track more appealing. Or maybe if you're in a podcast and how you could get better episodes and better guests, but go out and make your life better one day at a time. Because trust me, you do not want to be at the same position of where you're at today when you're in tomorrow and as always you gotta stay educated and keep hustling